It's nice to be here with you tonight. I trust God will help. And I'll conclude this meeting at a quarter to. So, uh, in the will of God. Thank you for coming. And we're going to read a few verses together. <clears throat> Turn with me to Romans, please. The book of Romans and chapter 3. The book of Romans and chapter 3. <clears throat> A well-known verse, verse number 19. I want you to get the verse. I want you to listen to it very carefully, better than whatever I could explain. Listen to it carefully. Romans 3, verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Now turn with me to Luke's Gospel for a text. Matthew, Mark, Luke and chapter 7. Verse number 39. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him sought, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who <clears throat> and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, and the one owed 500 pence and the other 50 and when they had nothing to pay he frankly forgave them both tell me therefore which of them will love him most turn to chapter 14 please And verse number <clears throat> 16. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bad many, and sent a servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. Now one final text please and it's in Romans chapter 4 Romans 4 and verse number 4 Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace but of debt but to him that worketh not but believeth in him that justifieth the ungodly his faith is counted for righteousness shall we just pray a moment father we pray thee that thou wilt help us we recognize we are weak but thou art mighty we need to cast ourselves upon thee totally completely speak in this meeting their souls here not saved 
And O oh God, there are saints that are praying. Remember these souls who up to now have failed to listen to the voice of God. We pray to speak to them. We thank you for what thou hast done in the past meetings. Bless in every place. Help us to preach the word in touch with thee. Thank thee for thy word in the Saviour's name. Amen. I believe we're right in saying that we're living in a world, at least when I travel around and uh, visit here and there and talk to different people, I don't think I've ever come to a period in my life when I hear so many arguments. Especially when it comes to uh, speaking about the Bible or about salvation or about heaven or about hell. People are always arguing. How do we know? And uh, this one says something. And I hear this from a, a humanistic standpoint. Or I hear this from some philosophical ideas that people are propagating. And uh, how, do, how do I know? And they keep arguing. There's a time when people really didn't argue so much. The power of God was so present. And whether they come from any culture, no matter, no matter where, when the word of God was preached, there was a something that come over an audience. And people listened so carefully. And before long, I'm going to look at it here, they had nothing to say. Now this does not mean that you don't ask questions. Right through our Bible are those that come to Christ and they ask sensible questions. What must I do to be saved? Was one question. And there's so many other. But friend, the mouth has stopped. Nothing to say about yourself. No defense. I can't say to God, well, he's worse than I am. And uh, I go to church so I have some merit. All that has ceased. And the verdict of Romans chapter 3 is so clear by the highest court in the universe, by the highest person, God himself, and he looks down upon the guilty world, and he says, all the world become guilty before God. I believe that that's settled in Midland Park, or over this North America, or from where I come in Nova Scotia, there will be a hastening to Christ. But what's wrong? People like to argue. They hear so many different ideas that it boggles their mind. And they say, what do we believe? I hope tonight that this word will get home. That you'll leave this meeting if not saved. And I'll tell you what you'll do. You'll say, Lord, you are 100% right. I'm a guilty person. I have sinned against God. Forget about your neighbor or your others in the family or others outside in the schoolroom that you know or wherever. Your work friend, just settle and thin your heart tonight. As an individual sitting in this seat, the word of God absolutely condemns and silences you as defending yourself. You have no merit. The Bible so clearly tells it all of sin and I like seeing Spurgeon to read a bit about him and the dear man was writing so many of his remarks and one was this this is God's leveling doctrine there is no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God it's nothing to do with your background religious or irreligious or brought up in a Christian home or a non-Christian home or brought up with not a, not an idea of the gospel friend 
it's all under one umbrella nothing to say I remember my dear fellow preacher in the old country he could preach I couldn't but he could preach I well remember that dear man telling me about a lady who come in through the door very religious taught a Sunday school class high up in the church well respected God fearing sang in the choir had all the credentials put some Christians to shame and she came into the meeting and my dear friend was preaching he was a loud preacher and he was a very plain preacher and he was a very powerful preacher he never trimmed the tree he always got to the root and cut it down that's the way he preached and of course when he was preaching the brethren said to him before he started to preach it said to him brother Hugh there's a woman in here for the first time very very we're amazed that you come first time go in preach John 3.16 preach something kind of like uh, palatable at least you won't disturb her and she'll come back again well that's like kindling a fire under dear Hugh and he got up and started to preach from uh, the crown of the head the sole of the foot no soundness in it bro- wounds, bruises, putrefying sores that cannot be modified with ointment the whole head is sick the whole heart is sick and as he described the sinner little by little statement by statement word by word the tree was coming down the woman went out with her high heel shoes and never even shake hands and off you went and the brethren were very annoyed I hope you're not annoyed at me but I'm going away in a car shortly and of course going out uh, some of the brothers said, Hugh, you're a wee bit stronger tonight. The woman went out. He said, brethren, she's the only one that was hit. The rest of them went out smiling and shaking hands. She was the only one that was reached. And when she got home to her house, her husband hadn't come. He was very religious too. She walks up the stairway to her bedroom. And as she's walking up step by step, the whole head is sick. The whole heart is faint full of wounds and bruises and putrefying sores cannot be modified he said where did he ever get that from that's not in the bible that can't be I never heard that before and she started to argue then I come back to her Isaiah chapter 1 well I'm going to read it and save it sir and when she got up there she opened her bible in her little bedroom uh, over the bed and as she was reading the tears come to her eyes she said oh God have mercy on me it's true it's the Bible it says it's true that I'm, my head's sick my heart's thin I'm, I have nothing to present to God and her mouth was stopped she took sides with God you ever take sides with God? too proud? well friend you know the result Blessed be God. Usually those that are hit the hardest come out the best. And of course that dear woman trusted Christ as her personal saviour. Her husband come along and God saved him. And they were in the assembly for years. The sins gone to the glory. Oh may God speak that every soul not saved in this meeting. You'll stop arguing. And stop trying to defend yourself. And just say Lord. Guilty. I am nothing 
to say. I want to look at the other one is nothing to pay. That is, here's two um, characters that the Lord brings before this time in the Pharisee who's proud and indignant and uh, self uh, opinionated. And there he is, and he comes to Christ and he says, This woman, you not know she's a sinner? And of course, looking down on her, the Lord brings out the illustration. Two debtors, one 500 pence, one 50 pence. And this is what he said to Simon. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. The debt had accumulated 500 pence. That's that sinner, that drug addict, that alcoholic, that white beater. That no good are no gooder. Such a word. And my friend, the other one's 50 cent, uh, a pence debtor, religious. Yes, he has a little bit of religion. Maybe goes to church. Maybe, maybe, or he maybe sings in the choir, whatever. He's not, he's not a nun. We used to say that the dirty side of the broad road. She's in the clean footpath. But he said that both are debtors. And this is what the Lord says. When they had nothing to pay, they couldn't do, they couldn't, they had nothing to pay with. They were both bankrupt sinners. The first are silent sinners in Romans chapter 3. And now we're looking at Luke chapter 7. They are bankrupt sinners. Nothing to pay. Mr. Cecil Cop, a millionaire in uh, Vancouver, now in the glory. He brought his brother to the meeting. At that time, we were having meetings away back years ago, and uh, the brother uh, was not saved. He came to the meeting, and, and uh, he walked out past the first night he was there, and he kind of kind of half congratulated him. And his brother behind him, Cecil, born again for many years, he said to me, You know, my brother. Albert, that brother of mine, you know what he's depending on? He gives $10,000 a year to the Salvation Army. And he's trying to pay his way to heaven. And my friend, that's very relevant today. There are millions on earth, and they're trying to pay their way to heaven. Whether by penance or whether by my friend dollar bills or whatever currency it might be. They're trying to pay their way. Now these two were bankrupt and we're all bankrupt. That's why the hymn writers write those old hymn writers. I like them. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for rest. Vile to the fountain fly. Cleanse me, Savior, or I die. I hope tonight there might be someone if you haven't got the first one. Nothing to say if your mouth hasn't been closed and taken sides with God and saying, Oh God, 100% right, I'm wrong. I leave my proud position of trying to defend myself and I move on to the banner, guilty before God. Or I'm going to take the place of those two, whether 500 pence or 50 pence. I'm bankrupt. I have nothing to pay with. Is there someone in the meeting trying 
You know, one of the biggest difficulties in gospel preaching, people have in their warping roof, somehow or other, there's something they can do. Nothing to pay. He frankly forgive them both. I tell you tonight, there's salvation for those who take the place that this is given here in Roman and Luke chapter seven. Nothing to pay. I'm just a bankrupt sinner. What have I? I'm just lost and guilty. God can't accept one salary thing. Even if I had a million dollars, He wouldn't even work on it. I'm bankrupt. As far as putting away my sins, I can't pay for one. I'm totally bankrupt. Did we get there? You mean to say you can sit under the gospel that's been preached here Sunday after Sunday and series after series and it doesn't affect one iota in your soul and heart that before God you need to be cleared of your guilt. And before God you need to be forgiven of your debt. Oh my friend come in to this tonight by God's mighty grace. And stop a moment on the pathway to eternity. Heaven and hell. And stop and say, Lord, it's time I put on the brakes. And took God at his word. And recognize what God says is absolutely true. I am bankrupt. Totally. Is there one that got in the meeting? Will you stop trying? And stop, my friend, arguing against God. And stop trying to put in your plea as maybe sizing yourself up with someone else. And that's keeping you back from Christ. I'm a little better. I don't swear. Well, it's a wonderful thing if you don't. And I don't drink wonderful if you don't. But friend, all those things even, you give them all up. Could never, never cleanse one sin or pay or remove one iota of the debt that you've accumulated before God. Mr. James Burnett, a dear man, went to Frank Knox's meetings many years ago. And in that big tent in Belfast holding 2000, he rode down in his bicycle coming back from the war. He went to that tent. When he was at the war, his comrade was brought down in the battle, lying in his blood. And Mr. James, a comrade, lifted him up as best he could to comfort. And the man was called Mr. Noble. And Mr. Noble was going to heaven, said, I looked at James in the eye and he said, James, I'm dying, but I'm going to heaven. Promise to meet me in heaven. Mr. Burnett, in his darkness, James, he said, I promise you, Mr. Noble. For years he didn't bother and the tent came up in Belfast and he went. Mr. Frank Knox was preaching. You've had him in this hall, isn't that right? Yeah. Powerful preacher. Would we had a revival like it? Well, when he left that first meeting, James Burnett with his bicycle, he said, I couldn't even ride my bicycle. I was afraid of something striking me, taking me into eternity. And I come up beside a lamppost, lit up, gas lamp. And I put my hand against, or held the, the lamp like this here, and I held the bicycle. And he said, I closed my eyes, and I looked up and I said, Oh God, 
I'm going to hell in my sins. And I'll never meet that Mr. Noble in heaven until I'm saved and born again. How can I be saved? And the verse of an old hymn that they sang at the tent come to his heart. Thy work alone, my Savior, can ease this weight of sin. Thy blood alone, all Lamb of God, can give me peace within. Well, he said, it's all done. I trust in the value of the Savior's blood. Friend, thank God. Thank God for the marvelous truth. Debt paid, sins forgiven, cleared before the throne of Almighty God in His awfulness and holiness. Thank God. Third one. <clears throat> you know, so I like this one in a way. Nothing to bring. The man made the great supper. Certain man. He must have plenty. Probably the millionaire bracket type. Plenty to put on. Maybe a billionaire. And he put on the, the banquet. For all. It's a picture of the, the, the gospel feast. That God has provided in the death of his son. Salvation for all humankind. And the supper is spread. The work is done. The cost of the banquet has been laid down. And the invitation goes out. Come. All things are now ready. Can you imagine... Can you, the, can you imagine if, I don't know, I'm going to use your president a moment, allow me to do that. If president Obama and his wife, is there, Michelle, is that her name? And uh, here I, I go home to Truro and I find a big envelope from the White House and it says, Albert Hull, we have chosen you to come to the White House. We're spreading a banquet on Friday. We want you to attend. Just sign the line that you'll be here. Reply if you please. And I, I said, "Man, I'm sorry you're not coming, but I'd love you to come with me." But I mean, the White House—I've never been there before. And of course, a banquet. Woo! And uh, the best, uh, probably—I don't know what they, we have a three course sometimes, but now nah, seven course. And can you imagine me turning around? Friday comes. Of course, I'm in the early plane. Make sure I get to the White House, whatever. Maybe the Thursday, the day before. And I said to my wife, Would you mind taking one of your apple pies? I'd like to take it. You say, Mr. Hull, you're crazy. And you'd be right. Or make some of those nice wee scones. The banquet is free. When I'm in that plane and heading out and my heart's pumping and someone's ready to receive me, I've got my document. They usher me right in. Listen, friend, that's, that's forget about that. That's throw it out the window at the moment. Think of the work of the cross. Think of that banquet that was spread 2,000 years ago when Christ on dark Golgotha paid the price of humankind's sin. 
day an atoning death on behalf of all humankind made a feast that welcomes all who will come and the invitation for 2,000 years has been done down through the passage of time preacher after preacher brother after brother sister after sister with their tract and they're all giving it out and they're saying Christ has done all the work he has died for the guilty sinner he's paid sin's mighty debt he has shed his own blood as a payment and you just want to come and trust him Don't try to bring anything. I'll tell you, I would insult the president to even think of taking a pie. Mr. James Smith was with me there. Where was it? In the Sarney, I believe. Yeah. And there's a dear lady coming, troubled about her soul, and she wanted to have a little talk. We sat down beside her. Never forget. Jim Smith said I want you to read this but I'm going to read it to you first she don't want to be saved she said I know I'm religious but it's not taking me to heaven it's taking me in the broad road I, I, I need to be saved is there any, anyone like that in the meeting? come on and of course he read this and Jesus cried with a loud voice and said I said, I want you to read it. You ever see anyone getting saved? It's a, it's a miracle. So she read, it is, she said, you put in extra work. That's, he said, it is, she said, that's enough for me. It is finished. She got away past her believing in her working at faith and working at feelings my friend the work is finished come for all things are now ready Jesus said come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest the last text of your Bible almost come if anyone thirst let him come unto me and drink my friend listen don't try to bring anything that's what Fanny Cosby put well in her hymn don't change it either just as I am without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me that thou bidst me come to thee O Lamb of God I come when she died in her, when they went through her chest of drawers there in her room they pulled out 1000 letters of people that wrote and written to her that could see it through that hymn all things are ready come I'm about to close with the last one have you got that? nothing to say God's right the verdict's absolutely correct I'm guilty I need to be cleared I need to be absolutely clear before God how's it going to happen and then nothing to say I'm a bankrupt sinner I'm not I'm just nothing God can't accept one iota that anything that I 
I'm absolutely and totally bankrupt. He'll frankly forgive on that basis. Nothing to bring. The work is done. Salvation is provided. Clears the guilty. Justifies the sinner. Brings him into the blessing. Into the banquet. I've been feasting for 55 years. Tell you it's better tonight than what it was even. Strange that, but I don't know. How's it with you? Nothing to do. Nothing to do. To him that worketh not, but believeth in him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted unto him for righteousness. I could have thrown alongside that, maybe even. Maybe it would better express what's on my mind. He said, it is finished. Nothing to do. You can't add to it a finished work. That Baptist preacher that came into the meeting with all his congregation when Mr. Bingham and I were together, they brought about 30 other parishioners. Two, three Baptist preachers present. Two were saved. One got saved. The one that got saved was sitting away down there near the back. And I was a wee bit perturbed in a sense because I thought he's kind of spying on us. That's stupid me. I thought he was trying to spy on what we were doing with some of his congregation and how many were there and I didn't know what I just didn't know how to take him. Very, very sober minded. Very, very, very solemn looking and one night as the people dispersed up come Mr. Spencer to the front and then we come up to see him got Mr. Bingham by the hand and me by the hand he said 50 years on the road to hell I've never been born again pray for me we got down on our knees and we prayed for Mr. Spencer and we opened the Bible and we tried to help him come about 9 o'clock and we said we'd like you to go home now we, we can't save you we'd stay all night but we can't save you go home before God and get down to your Bible and take God's word for it well the night passed I think it might have been I don't want to exaggerate but it was quite early in the morning in the old house we lived in the gravel being up to the house I heard these wheels coming up fairly sharp and uh, sure enough Mr. Spencer come out and he looked at me and he said I got good news I could see his face was different I says don't tell me anything come on in I'd like to get Mr. Bingham here too so I phoned up to get Mr. Bingham across and as we sat there I'll never forget what he said he said you know I got down on my knees he said I've been to seminary and I've read the scriptures and I've read theology he said no one ever told me and I never really knew that I needed a new birth I needed salvation absolutely he says I've been 50 years on the road to hell and he said I couldn't sleep in my bed when I went home and he said it so bothered me that I got out of my bed about 4 o'clock this morning and I got down on my knees and switched on the little light and I said I have to read the book of Romans we were taught that in seminary to read Romans 
said, I started to read. I read chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. He said, it all happened in a moment when I was reading chapter 4. I said, what happened? To him that worketh not, but believeth in him, that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is grounded. He said, it's nothing to do with me. I can't do one thing. Christ did it all. The work is done. And I put my trust in him. He said, thanks for coming and getting us to the meeting and preaching the gospel. Saved. My friend, nothing to do. All has been done. God is glorified. Christ is exalted. I'd nearly like to ask the audience, what are you depending on? I'm asking it. What's your passport? Brought up in a Christian home and still in the road to hell? Oh, the solemnity of it. Oh, the reality of it. May God grant us you leave the meeting quietly. You'll ask yourself the question, have I come to that? God's right and I'm wrong. Have I come to that? I'm bankrupt. But Jesus paid it all. Have I come to that? All things are ready. Come, I can't bring a thing. I just come in my sin. Trust him. Have I come to that? Not of works. Lest any man should boast. I trust in the only work. Solitary. Majestic. Eternal in its effects. May God help you, friend. Cast your deadly doing down. Down at Jesus' feet. Stand in Him, in Him alone. Glorious be complete. Shall we pray?